from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Walt Ruff is in studio with us. Walt, thanks for joining us, my man. Hurricanes.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I handed you a beer. I never said you actually got to open it. But nah, I'm, I am in the process of eating my feels right now because the Carolina Hurricanes lose 4-3 in Game 4 on the road against the Florida Panthers, and they get swept in that series, Eastern Conference Finals, and we don't have a game tomorrow. The season's over. I'm not going to lie. It was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. What was the vibe like in the locker room after the game? Oh, it was about as grim as you could imagine, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the reality had set in that – I mean, you have your usual suspects following a loss, too. It's almost always Jordan Stahl and Sebastian Ajo. Those are the two guys that are going to talk. And one of them is your captain who was in the penalty box to watch his team season end. I mean, you could see that that was – and he said it himself. It sucked, point blank. Yeah. There's no other way to go about it. And then Sebastian Ajo, who is as competitive as they come, you could see the defeat on his face, which is just a terrible – visual and he said you know he also said it sucked obviously but mm-hmm. he's like it's even tough to put into words that that this is really over we, we mentioned aho in the previous segment yeah I, it should be noted for the record that he he was as engaged in that game as, as oh, anybody yeah. on the hurricane absolutely i mean he he fought to the to the bitter end not not that anybody on that team did it but aho it was noticeable yeah and i think to the point that you two were talking about in the first segment. It's it's one bounce, right? It's one yeah. bounce. It's one, one bounce play, in every game, and you know that that's going to rot at a guy like that because he did play well. He had the opportunities. He was setting up guys. I mean, there are going to be moments that play through his mind for the next several months. That you know, there was a an opportunity on the rush last night during the second period where he finds Jalen Chatfield creeping on the back door, and you know if that goes in. I mean, when Chatfield got hooked. Yeah, there's just so <laughs> the the one that didn't get called <laughs> well, when Jeffo got hooked. Th- there are a lot of those moments that you yeah. could say could have altered the course of the game, but it, it it does stink. It stinks that to know, and I know everyone likes to jab at Rod's comments from last night of you know oh it wasn't really a sweep, and I just think he means that they weren't outclassed, they yeah. weren't outplayed yeah. in a four to nothing series, and that's what it boils down to. And I think that's got to be the most frustrating part. At least I know for for fans and people that that watch this team, but. It's got to be even harder for them knowing it's like Seth Jarvis got to be thinking, man, if game one, if I actually hit the bottom of that bar and it goes in. If if in game two, if Mackenzie McEachern is literally like two inches faster to the blue line, that's a 2 nothing lead for the Carolina Hurricanes on Jack Drury's goal. Like a, a little tiny moments like that. And it's just if if in uh, in that same game, if uh, Jacob Slavin's stick doesn't end up in Brent Burns' skate and doesn't fall over, maybe he ties up uh, Matthew Kachuk on that overtime game winner, on that power play. Again, it's just little tiny moments here and there. If Jesper Foss on a deflection doesn't hit the post in game three. All these different moments. Like you mentioned the the Jalen Chatfield one as well. And that's the thing is that you can flip to, again, point out every single individual moment in these games and say, that could have been a win. 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 But results-based business, it wasn't. Like, that's got to be, like... I, I know, I, I probably, I'm not going to say I overreacted last second. Um, because I was in saying, like, you know what? The Canes, in my opinion, have to go get a top-flight score. Now, I understand this past offseason they went and got Max Patch ready, but the Canes haven't had a 100-point score since the 05-06 season when it was Eric Stahl. It was the last time they had a guy score 100 points. It's a long time. Long time. 
it's a long time, but you also have to ask yourself, is the system that the Carolina Hurricanes play going to produce a 100-point score? I and know. I don't I don't mean that. They generate chance after chance. I mean, they consistently generate the most chances or near the top in the NHL. Right. But I think there's a difference between the way that a Carolina Hurricanes player could get to 100 points versus yeah. Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl flying up and down the ice, run well, I mean, and gun. That's, that's their like, offense, yeah. right? And, it's a run and shoot offense for them, right? And we know that that's not the case. It's a team defense first structure styled way that the Carolina Hurricanes play. So I wouldn't put too much value on that. You know, oh, they need a 100 point score, and I know that's not exactly all of what you're hammering home, yeah. but it would have been great to have Max Pacioretty and Andrei yeah, Svechnikov. It would have been. But, unfortunately, wasn't the case. No. So much of this conversation moves to, to the future, right? We, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we can talk about all the things that, that happen in these four games, but the, the next thing is, all right, well, what are they bringing back? This is a team that's made the playoffs five straight years, yeah. has a good young nucleus, but a, a lot of holes and a lot of free agents and a lot of decisions to make. I think the best point to make off the bat is that five out of six on the blue line are coming back. Yes. That's a huge part, right? The I mean, only look one, at, Shane Goss to spare. Yeah, and, and I'm sure we'll get on that in just a moment, but to think about where this team was this time last year, you have the uncertainty of Tony D'Angelo, and do you bring him back? Do you not bring him back? He's eventually dealt to Philadelphia. What does this team look like if they didn't bring in Brent Burns this year? And I know revisionist history and all that, but he has solidified a spot on the defense to now where all you have to worry about for the 23-24 season is that LD3 spot. Yeah. I'll be curious to find out over the next 48 hours with exit interviews if there is interest in bringing Shane Goss' bear back. It is a relatively weak free agency class in Mm -hmm. terms of those who are available on the left side, so maybe he commands some serious money there. I mean, let's be honest, Shane Goss' bear is likely better than an LD3 on most teams around the National Hockey League, so... You have to be mindful of that. If he can go get his money somewhere, hey, you know, good for you. And we've seen that over the last couple of years, too, with, my goodness, this time last year, the third defensive pair was Ian Cole, Brendan Smith, and Ethan Bear. So steps yeah. forward have been taken there, but that is a big spot. And then also, to me, the goaltending is a massive question mark, too. Sure. Both Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta being unrestricted free agents. Pyotr Kachekov's under contracts. So you're expecting him to become a full-time NHLer next year. Is it one of those two guys who's back? Is there someone who's a unrestricted free agent who you could potentially come in to partner with him or do you make another splash via trade um then before we even get to the forwards you're right there's a lot of questions but the nucleus is there and for how much people have talked about oh this is their window to win this is their window to win next year is like you know because you've got guys sebastian ajo table terravine and i know you were talking about it earlier some of these cats only have one year left on their deal so um i think we'll see that I don't know, all chips in approach, but we'll see this team really going forward again next year. And I know it's cliche, but. Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com reporter, joining us here in studio. I mean, you know, we just had this big argument about whether you got to go trade for a start. When you look at the contract picture and the fact that so many guys are coming into their final year of their deal, it does look like next year, if, if there is a time to push all your chips in, it, it may be next year, and and I don't know if that's going to get a high-powered forward, if that's going to get the best goal you can find. I don't know where the – this team was so good. I don't know where you find the improvement, um, but but certainly to get to that next round and to, to eventually hoist the cup. Max Pacioretty is a is a big spot, too, there, right? And I, Frank Saravalli had a really nice article on Daily Faceoff the other day. Yeah. I forget the projections where they used it. It was some – 
analytical company, and they had Max Pacioretty projected at one year, one point five million. Yep. But one point five million is a whole heck of a lot different than the seven million that he was on the cap for this year, right? So if you can bring him back, if we do see that combination of him, Aho, and Jarvis, your second line potentially Svech, Kokaniemi, Natchez. You've got Martin Nook, Stahl, and then maybe Stefan Nason. I don't know. Who knows what happens with Jesper Foss? Jesper Foss might have made himself some money these last couple of weeks. That he has. I think he was their leading goal scorer in the playoffs. Yep. Was, and he had a couple of playoff uh, or a couple of overtime winners as well. Like Cervelli, his article actually had Foss at two years at $2.3 million, A slight bump from his $2 million this year. But someone, again, might see that and go $3 million a year for that mm-hmm. guy. But is Carolina willing to go that route? It's a good question. Especially because I know... We have seen generally, historically, Kane's not really going much past age 30 when it mm-hmm. comes to contracts, and he's 31 years old. Uh, that is Jesper Foss. So, okay, what what are they willing to do? Are they willing to go down into their, their farm system with the Jamison Reese and plug him in in that situation? That's where then the trickle-down comes into effect yeah. because of those three hypothetical lines that we were just discussing I still haven't talked about Tavo Teravainen. How does Jack Drury factor in? Yeah. What about Vasily Ponomarov? He did a pretty darn good job of almost making the roster this year and had a good year in a somewhat struggling Chicago team. Mm-hmm. So where does he fit in? Jamison Reese, does he maybe get a crack next year? And you know, then you talk about free agency and the money that you've got left to spend. So listen, we all hope that they can keep some of these pieces for next year, right? Like Jesper Foss, you couldn't say a bad thing about the guy on or off the ice but it is a business-based decision if he's back wonderful if not hey i think we all understand it right Mm -hmm. well maybe the biggest decision maybe not the biggest decision when it comes to like production but jordan stahl is Mm -hmm. a free agent and and we you know certainly the the pain of seeing him in the penalty box when that last goal was scored he's been the heart and soul of this franchise for a while um are you going to bring him back and at what number can you bring him back at right right coming to an end I don't know how to say other than finally of the, I believe it was 10-year, $60 million deal, you making yeah. six AAV. So it's a good question, too. If you can, I would hope that if both sides are wanting to do so, that they can bring him back. And then at what number does he fit in at? Um, there's going to be a plethora of cap space to work with, which is exciting within itself because you do allow yourself that opportunity then to go out. And if you you know really feel the need to, bolster up at LD3 if Gosses Bear walks or if you want to add another high scoring forward in case of another situation like this year you're going to have the ability to do that which is exciting now looking at projected right now in terms of who's under contract for next season again Walt Ruff Hurricanes.com joining us live here in studio so when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to jimallen.com and start your next move today. That's jimallen.com. The Jim Allen Group. 
your partner in real estate. Nine forwards right now under contract for this upcoming season. That doesn't count the rookies like Ponomarev, uh, Jamison Reese, uh, Ryan Suzuki, those, those rookies down their entry-level contracts down in Chicago. So not including them. Nine forwards under contract. Only two of them signed this past se- the, up this upcoming season. That's Kokaniemi and Svechnikov. That's it. Now, there's some guys like uh, Martin Natchez, uh, Jack Drury, Seth Jarvis. They're restricted free agents. But still, the window that you talked about, it's now. And I think that's also what frustrates a lot of fans because the opportunities and chances to win a cup are so slim. You almost feel like if you got a chance to do it, you got to go all in for it. I understandably, yeah. understandably so. And I'm sorry, I'm giving the fan perspective here. Well, <laughs> I know you got to keep it straight. You work for the team. I understand that, but but that's that's how I view it. It's like you know what you, these guys, terrifying, like you mentioned, Natchez, Martinuk, Drury, Jarvis, uh, Nason, Aho, all in the last year of their deals. So it's now I understand that factoring in the future cap numbers, the extension for Aho. That's that is gonna be he's gonna command a lot. Like if you're in my opinion, if you're Don Waddell and you're Tom Dunnan, you don't even let him get to free agency. You work on that now. I think they will, right? I mean I think it's so. crazy, right? They'll, I mean, the, he's the future captain of the team if, after Jordan Stahl retires, in my opinion. That's a good point to make there too, because like you were saying, the window is it's not closing, but it, you look at things from the overall perspective. What does Jordan Stahl's next contract look like? Is that yeah. only one year? Do you only have potentially one year left of him? And when slash if he does decide to move on, be it retirement or potentially going to play with his brothers, that's a piece of the current, like, he is a big piece of currently what's going on and has been for several years. Yeah. So if that 3C spot, become, like, that changes the dynamic of the current nucleus of the group if he, you know, is, again, not a part of things. So... I get what you're saying. Of course, a lot of very smart people in the front office who I'm sure as soon as July 1 rolls around, Sebastian Ajo and his representation will uh, will have some potential discussions with the Carolina Hurricanes front office in terms of seeing what avenues are there. Here's uh, a blank check. <laughs> something like <laughs> that. Simple. 12.01 a.m. Here's a blank check. Yeah, and Jarvis, Natchez, again, guys who once the calendar flips to July 1, um, it'll get interesting on how those conversations are carried about. And it's something to keep in mind real quick, sorry, Brian, is that the when it comes to these, they, oh, we look at cap space this upcoming season, well, again, get to factor in in the future years that Seth Jarvis is going to get an extension. Okay, what do you do with Martin Natchez? Jack Drury, his extension, is it a bridge deal? Is are you just going straight to arbitration? Or are you just tendering an offer? Or are you signing a long-term deal? So the cap is more than just about this upcoming season. The important thing, you know, we talk in the NFL all about alignment, right? Alignment between your general manager, your owner, your coach, your quarterback. Here, at least, I think we have good alignment, right, between Dundon and Waddell and Brindamore. Brindamore signed a three-year extension in 2021. It does seem like at least the the brain trust of this franchise is going to be back and in place moving forward. It's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up, especially yeah. with some of the other transpirings going around in the NHL right yeah. now uh, in terms of the front office. What's, you know who maybe isn't with the team anymore and what's come to the news recently. But, yes, you're right. There is that cohesion between the ownership and the front office because when you have an owner like Tom Dunn that wants to win mm-hmm. just as bad, if not worse, than anybody else, you know, he wants to know the intimate details of what's going on, what can be done, what can't be done. Um, 
So that is something that the organization obviously does have going for them. It's nice to know that you have that symmetry in, okay, Don Waddell's back, Rod Brindamore's back. You've got two incredibly smart assistant general managers in Darren York and Aaron Tolsky. Obviously, yes, those names are popping up and uh, potential opportunities around the league. Sure. Selfishly, hopefully, that we could keep them both. But, um, you know, when you're good at something, you get rewarded for it. So, it's a great point. There are. I know today is like doomsday, right? The day after the team gets eliminated, it sucks. blow it up. This <laughs> there's team a reason stinks. why there's get a rid of case everybody. of beer right here. Yeah, but there's a lot. And yes, my paychecks are signed by the Carolina Hurricanes, <laughs> but there's. A, I, I'm biased. There's a lot of things. A lot of good things going on. Yeah, I'm biased too. I mean, I'm a fan of the team. I've also been covering the team for several years, but I'm a fan too. And that's the thing that I want to see this team win. I want to see the not. I mean, they've had sustained success. They're the only franchise in the last five years to win in the postseason, a series of some kind. The only franchise to do it. I love the fact that they have sustained success, but the fact that they were that close to getting a Stanley Cup, that close, and the window to get there is not open often. And I'm like, just what what's going to be the difference to get you over the edge? I'm like, go try and do something. To, again, not drastic changes. But you have to do something a little bit different to take you to the next level. But let me ask you this then, though. Talk to me. Right now, opening night, 23-24, do yeah. you have belief that the Carolina Hurricanes can win the Stanley Cup? Depends on who they bring in. Really? I'm, and I'm being dead serious. Like, depends on who they bring in. Like, if it's, if it's the exact same team that comes back, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to have questions. All you want is a chance, right? I want All a you chance. Want is an I just, opportunity. You know what? Just, just honestly, just make the playoffs. Just make the playoffs. Because... As we've seen, case in point, like with Florida, the Panthers, last team to get in, right? And they had a, it, it took Pittsburgh losing for them yeah. to get in. But where are they right now? Just get in the playoffs. Right. And I guess to that point, what I'm saying is a lot of people are bringing up Florida last team in. They won the President's Trophy exactly. last that, year. Exactly. Tell us, tell you, know, you Brian Murphy. Stop it. Please stop this. Yes. Oh, my God. Florida's this big underdog. Like, they brought in a new coach who, by the way, has been an exceptional head coach in the National Hockey League for a very Cup. long time. You yeah. don't have to be the team, like the number one, like, oh my goodness, you yeah. know, this team's going to win the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is not given out on October 12th, right? No, they're not. You got to get in the dance, and then you got to be able to dance. And mm -hmm. the Florida Panthers are dancing right now, but they've been able to dance the last couple of years, and the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be able to dance again in the fall. They're going to get there. Okay, well, this is kind of I was telling Brian Murphy about this in the last second. I'm sure you're probably on your, when you're on your way over here. Is that Florida, having won the President's Trophy, traded a guy away in Jonathan Huberdeau who had over 100 points. Mm -hmm. They traded away a defenseman in Mackenzie Weger who had over 40 points as a defenseman and was a plus 40 rating and a first-round pick, and I think another couple guys there as well. They gave all that up. They were will, and now I understand those guys were in the last year of their contracts. I, I understand that kind of stuff, but they're still willing to give up two major pieces of the team that won a President's Trophy to go get a Matthew Kachuk. I wonder is, is Carolina willing to do something like that? Well, I mean, because that, that's a that's a bold move, and right now it's paying off. It's paying off for the Florida Panthers. Right, that's, that's what I mean. It's paying off. You for the You could also Panthers. be on the Calgary Flames side of that, and all of a sudden you're looking like, oh, yeah, you fired your head coach, and now you're wondering like, well, they also lost Johnny Goudreau because Johnny Goudreau was like, peace. Right, right, but very seldom is it that those massive blockbuster trades work for both sides, right? Yeah, like the Florida Panthers are laughing at the bank right now. They got Matthew Kachuk. Oh my goodness, this is yeah. great. And it took an MVP type player in Jonathan Huberto to get him, but it doesn't always work out for both sides. And that's no. what, like, you know, if you're talking about these big block, I mean, 
first of all, what do you even what do you give up? What great question? I don't know. I, I but the other half of that is, and I was telling Brian before we went live, the narrative around oh the Carolina Hurricanes are afraid to make a big move. First day of free agency last year. Everybody's looking okay. Who are we bringing in? Then you acquire Brent Burns and Brent Max Pacioretty. Yeah. So I don't, the team's not afraid to make a big move. I understand that the deadline may have been a little bit underwhelming to some folks. Shane Gossis Bear did a nice job. The Yessi Puliarvi part maybe didn't work the way that people had envisioned, but left to be desired there. The team's not afraid to make this big move. I don't, you know. I don't know. What one of the points I made? It, yeah, yes, the Kachuk deal looks amazing right now. Oh, I Kachuk was. A, but was a, two weeks before the playoffs started, they were in danger of not making the playoffs, and then what? what people would have thrown them under the bus and said, "This is a terrible decision." I, so, like, I just think these narratives change. A week ago, we were talking about what a great position the the Hurricanes were in. They were favored yeah. to win the Stanley Cup. They had the young nucleus. They hadn't gotten rid of Jarvis at the deadline. So I, I just think these narratives can change so quickly from, you know, based on based on four games that were one goal games that one went to four overtimes. Uh, you know, the other ones almost went to, you know, we had overtime, almost another overtime. I just Might think, as well have been overtime. Right. It's, you know, if we had this conversation, you know, a month ago, it would have been totally different. If we had it a week ago, it would have been different. I just think these narratives can change so quickly. I mean, look at Boston. Talk about them as the greatest team ever, maybe, in NHL history. They get bounced in the first round, and now – the season was not a success, so it, the I just think it, it all changes so fast. Totally, and I, I can't help but agree because six weeks ago, towards the end of the regular season, the Kings are coming off a three-game trip of getting swept by Nashville, Buffalo, and Ottawa. Yeah, you're already without Svechnikov and Pacioretty, and my goodness, was the slander loud! This team's cooked. First-round exit, and then all of a sudden they're going to the Eastern Conference Final. So it is. It's very strange how it all works out. But that's what I guess I was arguing to you about mm-hmm. a couple questions ago. Is like you just need to have a chance, yeah, an opportunity it. to dance. And but I, I was I was pointing out to Brian though is that in the big moments of this series. The big star was the one that were making the plays for for Florida because who had the game winning goal in both overtimes? Matthew Kachuk, who had two goals, including the game winner yesterday. Matthew Kachuk. I was like, we in those moments we saw that star player, that that next level star player, make the play when it mattered most. Who's the guy? Who who's the? I know we we only got a minute or two before break, yeah. but. You look. You know this league. You look around. Who's who's the guy? Who if if you can go get anyone you want, and you're not going to get Connor McDavid. No, no, no. Who's the guy? Who who who's the guy? The difference maker. I don't know. Is it Mitch Marner from Toronto? Are they willing to give him up? Is it Mitch Marner from Toronto? Vault dis- disagrees <laughs> with me on this one. Big price tag. It's it's a major price tag. Is is Ottawa with all their struggles? Are they willing to part with Brady Kachuk? No, no shot. I don't think so. No shot. I'm but gonna, I'm going to throw in one name. I don't know if I'm allowed to or not. No, go ahead, do go ahead. Yes, you're absolutely allowed to. You're on. There's a microphone. In front I know. Of you. I'm thinking yeah. from like the employer perspective. <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi. Yes. Oh, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Free that agent dude can score. Put a little bit a of a you know edge nasty side? yes play against. Oh, 100. Oh my gosh, him playing just, alongside Sebastian Ajo. Give me that. Just a thought. Give me that. I'm 100% for that. That's WaltRuffHurricanes.com. Follow all this work at Walt Ruff. Uh, exit meetings are tomorrow, tomorrow. at 11 o'clock. So long go, day. go to Hurricanes.com. Uh, check it out. I'm going to be there tomorrow, so it's going to be a very long day for you. Uh, a lot of conversations taking place. Uh, Walt, thank you for your time. really do appreciate it. And uh, feel free to – here you go, because I know it's been a very depressing day. <laughs> feel free to take that with you. Uh, we're going to have those all throughout the show. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. 
expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.